Welcome. I am a small, fuzzy, middle-aged woman, unexpectedly named Turl Kronberg. And in the very front of my brain, I have an exceptional little bit that I call the wise turtle. She is the most thoughtful, observant, and compassionate part of me. And this podcast is her platform for speaking to the world. Her aim is to try to understand the patterns of growth in the universe and use those discoveries to help us all uncover the most important, inspiring story of who we are and where we want to go as Earthlings. I hope that you enjoy her musings. Namaste. humankind additions to the universe, I think, are probably art and science, at least in history. In the future, who knows what we're going to be doing. But in history, art and science have been the greatest additions to our planet that Homo sapiens has provided. And so as we look at the upcoming future with uh, technology, especially computers and robots and things that are looking to um, take over some of the more menial or even more dangerous jobs that humanity has been doing for too long, perhaps. As As we look to this future, we can think what is the purpose of humanity you know what is the what is the special thing that humans add to the universe certainly to our planet that possibly computers can possibly robots can but it's something that we definitely can add to the universe and we have our own take on it because of course um, computers and robots and other synthetic individuals will have a different take on things because their experiences will be different and not just because they will have different information, you know, they're going through, you know, they have a different path through the universe that they're collecting, sensing data differently, but also because um, A, our history, um, the history of humanity on the planet uh, adds to something that we are, that obviously humans are more connected to than anything else would be but also because humans have a different experience as far as our internal experience. Um, Because we are made a certain way, the the fleshy bits that we have, not just the sensory organs that we have, but the way that we interpret those organs, I mean, the way we interpret the sensory data that comes in is going to be different physically because we are biological organisms. And so we have a different interpretation of things and we can see things in a different way than, say, a computer can or a robot 
camera can. Um, you know, our rods and cones are different in our eyes. So even if we can mostly mimic that in a computer, it's never going to be interpreted the same way because our brains are, you know, biological organisms and they function differently than synthetic thinking machines do. So we're going to add a different experience just like a flower adds a different experience to the world, or a cat adds a different experience to the world. The way that every individual thing interacts with the outside information adds to the experience. And so as we take that into art and science, we add something special to it. And because in the past so far we've been focused so much on the physical in the physical outputs that humanity can offer um, I mean we make stuff we're all about making stuff and and you know putting things out there physically um, you know even even in the, the physical concept of writing a book you know that's a physical act uh, not only are you you know moving your body to put the stuff out there you know, whether you're typing it into a computer or you're typing it on a typewriter or you're writing it in longhand. Um, I love how Neil Gaiman, uh, the wonderful Neil Gaiman writer of, of Stardust and Coraline and that sort of thing, um, he still writes with a fountain pen in a notebook for his first drafts. I just read that. Um, I love that. I just got into fountain pens too, and I kind of like them. I haven't found the perfect one, but but they're kind of interesting. Um, so the physical output is something that humanity has been focused on very much, and we still add other things to it, but we've been very focused on making stuff. I mean, look at all the stuff around us that is made by humans. I mean, even if you live out in the countryside, you know, there are still roads there are still airplanes going by. There's still, um, we plant flowers and we make gardens and we build houses and we have cars and everything, you know. There's so many things, material things that we've been producing and making and physically doing. But I think in the near future, because we're going to have so many, um, there's gonna be technology that will be taking over a lot of the physical that will be taking over a lot of the physical things that we have been doing as humans, that we're gonna be able to focus far more deeply on the arts and the sciences, which are a higher level of complexity and you know, obviously take more effort or complexity of thinking to output. I mean, we can all make a craft. I mean, as we, when we were little kids as humans, you know, we made crafts in school and we drew pictures and things, but it's not quite so much art that's more of craft because it's just about, you know, the materials. It's about putting something out there that, that physically exists. Whereas art, once we step out of that pure physical, the art is where we add a, a sort of expression of our experience, our felt inner experience. And so this is second person experience. This is second person awareness, consciousness, whatever you want to call it. Um, in the MBTI, it's the, it's the second letter, whether it's sensing or intuiting. And depending on your personality type, you, you tend to either focus on the material itself, that would be sensing, 
So when you're making the art, you're interacting with the art itself. And so you're sort of experiencing your, it's hard to describe, you are, instead of, instead of your own inner experience that you're expressing so much, you're expressing your relationship with the art material itself. So it's like a step above craft, but it's not quite up there as far as sort of the, the deeper art, which is when you actually, if you're an intuiting type, you naturally do this. You naturally express um, your own full experience and you want to express that to someone else. And of course, no matter who you are, um, what your personality is, you, you can do any of these things, either of these things. So um, when you're really into the art, you are expressing it as a way to communicate to someone else, to the external world, so that you are taking your own deep inner experience and expressing it in some way, in some medium or media, could be multiple mediums, which is media. <laughs> um, so you're expressing some inner experience to someone else. So it is a communication. Um, so, you know, that's a step higher. That's the, that's the full art. So there's this sort of more um, physical-based art, which is you're sort of relating to the art material itself. And, you're, and that's the, some of the actual, the, the quote, best artists, the most talented artists, are, are the craftspeople who really get to know the, materi the material that they're using, the medium. And they get to know it so well, they're intimately relating to the art medium itself. Um, so it looks really amazing. And then there's the, the next level, which is the art, the, the full-on expression of an inner experience. And that is, that you don't have to be so good at your at your art material, at your medium, but you have to really know yourself and you have to really know what you're expressing and have someone in mind, not necessarily an individual, but you know, probably someone that you're communicating to. And it could just be yourself in the future. You could be you could be making something that reminds you of something that you want to remember. Um, an experience, a felt in interior emotional experience. But you have someone in mind that you're communicating to. Um, again, it's, it doesn't have to be something, someone specific. It, it can just be, you know, a group of people. It can be an audience. It can be a, a future, you, whatever. Um, and it doesn't have to be consciously. This is all under, under the conscious level, pretty much. But so, yeah, so those are the, the forms of art that we do. We have the, where we get involved with the medium itself or the media, multiple ones, and then really interact with it and get intimately involved. Or we're expressing an intimate experience that we've already had, that we have internally, and we're intimately inviting others to experience that through our art. And of course, all art has a little bit of all of this. I mean, even little kids making, you know, making scribbles on paper, they're expressing some, you know, 
emotion or some experience they've had. And they often are, you know, making it for someone else. So this doesn't have to be fancy art. This is just, this is just something that all social animals, as far as I can understand, do, which is why birds sing songs. Um, they're expressing something. It's a form of communication. Art is, is really, I learned this um, in a book ages ago, which I was so delighted to be turned on to by an old boyfriend of mine. Um, Jeff turned me on to this book called um, Understanding Comics by Scott McLeod, um, which I'll try linking to. I've probably talked about this before. It's, it's a wonderful book. It basically just says art is communication. That's just it. That's all it is. It's a communication form. Um, and so we have this communication on different levels. We can communicate with the art material itself. We can sort of interact with it, see what it does, and then respond to it. And my friend Peter does this all the time. This is what he does. He, he doodles. He doesn't call it art so much. I mean, he, he does sometimes. He says he's an, art, he's an artist. But he's, he really likes the idea of calling it a doodle because that makes sense. Because when you're doodling, you're not, you are reacting to the drawing itself. It's just, the idea is that it's supposed to be mindless. It's not supposed to be something that you're thinking about or expressing. It's just supposed to be um, an interaction with the paper and the pen or whatever you're doodling with. He usually doodles with paper and pen, but he does, you know, do watercolors, which are beautiful. Um, and so there's that level where you're interacting with the medium and you're, I mean, you're relating to it, you're communicating with it. You know, you draw a line and then you see what that line is doing on the paper. And then, as, as my friend Peter says, you give it some friends. You make a new line for it next to it. You know, that's a little different, but a little similar. And then you make another one and then you make some more and you make a whole community of lines. He said this, I love that. And then there's the, the deeper art of communicating an inner experience that you've had, a subjective experience with someone else via the art. So the medium is no longer as important, but the, the expression is what's important. And that's the sort of avant-garde, um, Dadaist, you know, expressionist kind of artist that you see. And that's because they're communicating an emotion an experience rather than rather than actually trying to to make something on a medium that looks amazing or that you know feels good to the medium itself this is the the higher it's unfortunate that i'm using the word higher but it's accurate because it's a, a dimensional mathematical thing in the brain but both are very important i mean i absolutely love my buddy peter's art um, I think it's amazing. I think it's wonderful. And he, of course, he does put emotion into it, and he is expressing some of his self. Um, I mean, you can't not do that. I mean, we are emotional beings. We are social beings. That's what that means. Uh, we have experiences, and we react to them. But um, there's the other level, which is communicating with another whole individual out there, a full-on, you know, living, breathing well, not necessarily breathing, but definitely living thing that we want to communicate with. So this human experience can be conveyed through art. 
And the more we individuals make art, and again, it, it doesn't matter whether it's beautiful or ugly or high quality or low quality, whatever makes you happy. Whatever, and I don't mean makes you happy and, you know, you're always like super happy when you're doing it. Um, I had a conversation recently with, with someone who got very upset um, when they had, they had shared a cartoon that said, oh, it wasn't a cartoon, it was a little meme comedy thing that, that was complaining about people who asked for free art um, because art is hard and, uh, you know, why would you... Why would you give it away for free? It's hard. And I was like, that's horrible. You know, that's that's a horrible way to think of art. Art is is made to be shared. It's, you know, you, you don't make art because it's hard. You make art because it's amazing to make art because it's a fulfilling experience and it's joyful. Even if it's a challenging joy. Uh, I mean, you can struggle with your medium. You can start over again and not be happy with something and start over again and... Um, so it's not that it's, you know, it's always, you know, it's that it's a, it's a joy to do. Um, the whole experience of creating it is a, a joyful flow of your experience being meaningful and rewarding in and of itself. So if, if you're charging, if you have to charge money just to make art, then that's not art, that's craft, um, or maybe even science, uh, but that's work. You know, that's a job. That's like just making money. That's it. That's not something that's I would consider art. Uh, and maybe people don't like that, but that's okay. That's my opinion. My opinion is that art is a communication form, and it's not a. It's not there to be drudgery and annoying, and you're doing it out of obligation or desperation. It's you're doing it because you love it, because it makes you feel amazing to make something that communicates something or that you're learning about the medium and interacting with the medium and, and getting to know it. And, you know, it's your friend. So we have that. We have this. The more we express ourselves and communicate ourselves through multiple different mediums, media, <laughs> um, you know, whether it's making a video or singing a song or playing music on drums or drawing a picture or painting or arranging rocks or even arranging flowers, if you really get into it. Um, anything that's expressing an intimacy, either with the medium or with your own emotions that you want to communicate with someone else, share with someone else. The more we do that, the better off our planet is, I think. That just incredibly increases the, the beauty and depth of our history and our experience on the planet. And then we go to science, which not many people understand this, but science is really when you combine art when you combine these subjective experiences, these communications. So when people get intimate with something, with either a medium or another individual through a medium, we can collect those and we can study them. We can compare them. So if you tell a story and 
someone else tells a story. I can look at those two stories and compare them in any way I feel that's important. I can compare them in their uh, what their subject matter is. I can compare them in how uh, how they were resolved. Like, was it a happy ending or a sad ending? Or did someone learn something? Or did they lose something? You know, I can compare the kinds of characters that were used in the story. Were they fictional characters or were they true characters? As far as the author knows and as far as the reader knows. I mean, obviously, nothing is completely fictional and nothing is completely true because of our personal experience. I mean, these are subjective experiences. They're not one-for-one representations of reality. They are interpretations of reality from a different perspective. And so when we collect those different perspectives, each one of them, we can call them an anecdote, each one of them combined and then analyzed, compared in certain more rigorous ways than just an emotional reaction. When we combine them and compare them and analyze them, that's what we get science. And we can do this to any kind of story. Um, and what I mean by story is I mean a, a sequence of information. So the sunlight coming through is a story in a sense. The sunlight coming through the window and hitting the rug and the floor and the table and the chair and the computer and me all tells a story. It's information coming into me and I'm sensing it and it's coming in in a sequence. And so that is a story, a linear progression of information. And we can compare those stories, whatever they are, those sets, those linear sets of information. We can compare them so that we get a multidimensional view of reality. So it's not just one story, but it's a combination of stories so that we can see where the stories overlap and where they diverge. And that gives us a bigger picture, like the difference between looking at a top-down view of an architectural plan and a side view of the architectural plan. You need at least two of these stories in order to understand the big picture of what the building might be actually like in three dimensions. So we can take these different stories and combine them into a scientific theory of how things relate to things. So that's really what science is. It's predicting causes and effects, how things relate. One thing relates to another thing. Uh, and not, necessar- not necessarily causes and effects, but, but um, collective causes and collective effects. So if we have factor A and factor B, story A and story B, and when we combine those two stories, we get story C, which is a, an effect. And so that's science. And so that's why I think that our greatest contributions to the planet as humanity, at least so far, and in the near future, are, are art and science, where we tell our stories, we collect the linear information that moves from here to there, from now to then. 
we collect those stories and we, we, we engage with them personally on the artistic level. We engage with them in an intimate way of getting to know them. And then we take the stories that seem most interesting to us and most relevant to whatever goals we have in life, whatever problem happens to be nearby us, and we use the collection of stories, multiple stories, to map a sort of shared space and a divergent space so that we can see what's similar and what's different. And if we want to solve a problem, we can get the stories that are related to that problem and see which ones seem to be shared solutions. And we can get different people's goals. We can ask people what they want to do in the future, not just what they've done in the past. We can say, okay, now imagine your future. You know, thinking of the things from the past, of course, because we have to base it on something. But thinking about your future, what would you like more of? What do you miss that you don't have right now that you did have before? Or what have you never had, but maybe someone else has? Or maybe you even imagined that you had this thing that didn't exist, that's never existed before, and you've imagined it. How can we do this? How can we get there? How can we take your vision of a future and get there? Well, we collect all these stories. We collect the stories of the future that we want and the stories of the past, of what we've been able to do. And we see where is the shared space in there? Where is the solution that's sort of hiding in the, in the sort of three-dimensionality, multi-dimensionality of all of these different stories? It's in there somewhere. It's just not obvious, which is why we call science a, a creative effort. Art is not the only creative effort. Science can be creative as well in that it is finding solutions that were never seen before by looking at you know, how things work in our stories. So yeah, so art and science, they're related. Science is literally a combination of arts. Looking at arts and combining them in analytical ways. So we need art and we need science to solve our problems. So that's what we should be doing, I think. That's what we should be focusing on. Was we invent the technology, we use the science to invent the technology that allows us to no longer need to do the physical labor and unpleasant jobs that we used to have to do to make physical stuff like trash cans and roads and cars and other things that we, we don't really love doing. I mean, if you love doing it, go for it. I mean, if you really love building roads, then you become like the master road builder and you can either have robots help you or not. It's up to you. You know, if you really want to do something by hand, you go build roads by hand somewhere. Um, there are plenty of places that will let you do that. We'd love to have you do it. You know, traditional crafts are a wonderful thing. We keep knitting even though the machines can knit and have been able to knit for centuries. Well, not centuries, well, close to century, a century, maybe. Um, but we still knit by hand because we love doing it. It's, it's, it's nice to be doing physical things sometimes, but we don't have to when we can invent technology that can do it for us. So it frees us up 
to do whatever we want to do when we're no longer obligated to do the things that we don't really want to do. So we're free to do the arts and the sciences. And, you know, if you want to build roads or if you want to build trash cans or whatever, you can and you have the option of doing it as a craft or as an art or as a science even. But you don't have to. So it frees you up to do whatever you're most interested in doing. And the more we do that, the more we do what we're passionate about, what we find most rewarding inherently, that we would pay money to do. Like I paid money to record this podcast. I do get some donations. Thank you very much. I wholeheartedly appreciate them. And... You know, I spend money to buy recording equipment and to buy a nice computer so that I can actually record a hopefully decent podcast. <laughs> this is, I did, I did just get a new, a new microphone because the other one was just driving me nuts. And this one's not perfect, but it's pretty high quality, so it should work nicely. You know, I pay money to do this because I love communicating. I love sharing ideas and thoughts and philosophy and science and art. I love education. I love exploring ideas myself. This helps me explore ideas while I'm talking, which is why this is more rambly than some podcasts. You know, some people pre-write their podcasts. I'm like, ooh, heavens. You know, I want to be free to explore topics. I mean, sometimes I do have to re-record things. Um, because the audio is just like there's something wrong with the mic or whatever and it didn't record or it was horrible. I was crashing into the microphone too much or something. But I just like rambling. I just like thinking about these things out loud and then I put it out there and, you know, other people can reflect on them and and help me. You know, if you respond to this with, with your thoughts, it helps me think about it more. So I just love doing this. And I would do it if I had paid for it, which I do. <laughs> and I do get paid as well, a little bit. Thank you very much. Um, it definitely helps. But yeah, do more of what you love. And we'll let technology come in and do the stuff that we don't love to do. And then we can be the craftspeople and the artists and the scientists and the philosophers. The philosophers are the ones that take all the different sciences, all the different outcomes of science, and then put them together to understand in a four-dimensional, just whole grand universe experience of what it's all about, what does it all mean, it's the why. Why does story X and story Y result in story Z, you know? The why is the philosophy that's the four dimensions, with the science being the three-dimensional objective, and then the two-dimensional storytelling of relationships and art, and then the one-dimensional physical output of craft. So, yeah, do more of what you love, and especially the arts and the sciences, because that's really what's going to help us solve our problems in the near future and the far future. Okay. If you'd like to contact me with any feedback of any sort, 
Um, my email is thewiseturtle at gmail.com. And my Reddit uh, username is turl. That's my name, T-U-R-I-L. So if you go to reddit.com slash user slash turl, T-U-R-I-L, you will find me. If you add a slash overview, um, it makes it a little easier to read. Um, but you don't get the pretty picture. <laughs> so six one half dozen of another. Um, and do not go to my Discord. I said this in the last po- podcast. Um, if you heard me mention Discord before, um, they unannouncedly uh, deleted my account and my um, community there with uh, no explanation, no warning, no nothing. And they wouldn't explain it to me after I asked. Um, they just said it was a permanent decision and I would not be getting it back. So uh, don't go to Discord because they're scary. Reddit can do that sometimes, but you have to go pretty far on Reddit for them to do that. Um, I'm still not super happy with Reddit, but they're a little bit better. They so far hadn't deleted my account, and I definitely have done some more interesting things on my Reddit account than I ever did on Discord. So there's that. I would love to start a, a independent, I would love to start an independent DIY healthy, censorship-free, except for really offensive, ridiculous spam, just selling crap that's, you know, not even related to the topic. Um, community. I had one before, um, and you know, I could start one again, but I haven't, I just, there's not anything good out there that's plug and play, and uh, I am not a coder, so if anybody wants to help with that, that'd be ideal, that'd be fantastic. Um, free, I would totally pay for it, um, like donations that I have. So anyway, um, yeah, so Reddit, email, whatever. I'm on Instagram and Twitter. Um, if you just search for Turl, you should be able to find me, or Turl Kronberg, um, T-U-R-I-L-C-R-O-N-B-U-R-G. I'm kind of out there everywhere. Um, yeah, so let me know if you have any thoughts and otherwise follow your passions and what you'd love to do let's make the world better with our craft and our arts and our sciences and our philosophy but mostly the arts and the sciences right now if you can okay thanks namaste